0: morning, friends. Um, I thought it might be helpful if we just went around and just said our names again, because I know we have some uh, new folks coming in and out. So just to help us sort of get connected briefly. So Mallory. Tim. Helen. Mary. Don. I'm Preston Ship. Susan mm-hmm. Reese. Kimberly. Archie. I'm Randy. Moana. Bree. I'm Mary. I'm Dwayne. Dwayne, okay. Good. Well, welcome. It's really great to have, have you all here. Um, <clears throat> so we've been journeying through the question of uh, forgiveness. What does that practice even look like? Why is it worthwhile? What roots and grounds us theologically into a practice like that? Uh, so last week we spent some time talking about practically what does that process look like? What are some of the phases? And so today we're going to do a little bit of that, uh, of that work together. Um, But first, has anybody here seen the documentary Forgiving Dr. Mingala? I think it's still on Netflix if you want to to view it. Um, It is a profound story about a woman named Eva who uh, with her twin sister was uh, subject to horrific um, medical experiments in Auschwitz as many uh, twins were. So when the Allied forces liberated Auschwitz, they noticed that at the front of the lines of people coming out, there was an inordinate amount of twins, and the reason was because they were conducting, the Nazis were conducting experiments there, and I hate to use the word helpful, but it was helpful for them to have sort of um, a, what's the word I'm looking for, the, I can't think of it, where you have, anyways, they were able to to have one that they weren't performing the experiment on, one that they did, kind of a control, control, controls, thank you. I'm not a scientist, if that's not already clear. Um, So she was one of these uh, twins that came through. She survived, her sister did as well, but eventually uh, died fairly young age as a result of a lot of the the tests and experiments that she had to endure. But this documentary, (laughs) Uh, goes along and captures this woman's story as she um, comes to the United States as a young woman and sort of sets up a, a life here. And what's so profound beyond the experiences that this woman had was her absolute commitment to forgiveness, that she wanted to root and steep her life in the practice of forgiving those who had tortured and harmed and abused her, and had uh, been responsible for the murder of so many of her friends and family members. Now, within her community, this caused a lot of uh, dissent and disruption and frustration. and And the the documentary shows a lot of the the sort of back and forth among her community as to why there was that um, there was the the frustration and can you forgive on behalf of other people, and can you forgive someone who's deceased, and so forth. So it raises some really helpful questions. <clears throat> so the whole time I'm watching this this film, several years ago, I'm thinking, this woman is so brave and so incredible and heroic. And I'm thinking that all the way through. And then, towards the end of the film, uh, she travels to Israel, and she's visiting some of her family members. And I forget all the circumstances of how this came to be, but... Be- because part of her uh, work, she's become a, a sort of a spokesperson for forgiveness, some people had set her uh, in, in uh, scheduled her to have some meetings with some Palestinians. And she was going to sit at, at tables with them and uh, listen to them and hear their stories about what, what life is like for them. And so it documents uh, sort of their daily life of even having to get to this meeting, all of the various checkpoints that they had to go through, uh, the lack of resources that that they had, and so on and so forth. And so again, all the way up to this point, I'm I'm having this experience of, man, this woman is my is my hero. And then you see how she responds when she's in a room with Palestinians. And she sits like this, and as they're talking, she's looking around very uncomfortably. She twiddles her thumbs. She's kind of moving nervous nervously. And as they're pouring their hearts out to her to tell her, this is what life is like for us. These are the circumstances that we face. And how could we contribute to to a better life for all people? Um, She's not having it. She's not interested. And she says something later as she's sitting with her family, uh, referencing sort of the ongoing uh, fighting and clashing there. She says, uh, once... Once the guns are put down and the smoke has cleared, then we'll talk about forgiveness. I thought it was so profound that she herself had experienced the most horrendous treatment and had the capacity to forgive and to call others to forgive. And yet in this other experience and with other people in a different room, in a different setting, in different circumstances, she was totally blind to their humanity and unable to even think about in that time, not even just for extending forgiveness, but just extending her presence to them, to be, to be with them. And I remember <clears throat> feeling that sense of disruption again of going up to, man, that this woman is is so heroic and oh, she's being incredibly rude in this moment. And then going, you know, what do I what do I do with that? And so I spend time internally sort of trying to process them and then realizing how very capable we are as human beings, for better or for worse, of compartmentalizing. (laughs) And in certain circumstances and in certain instances, assuming uh, this person might be worthy of forgiveness, this person might not be. Or we can keep certain things, sort of certain experiences we've had uh, at the forefront of our minds. And we can think about them and process through them in others. We can stuff and suppress like we talked about last week. And we, beca- we can become really, really blind to uh, really all of the ways that we are perhaps really holding on to our hurt and our pain and not extending forgiveness. Even, to use her, her example, even as we are a spokesperson for forgiveness and calling and inviting other people into that way of, of life we as humans are capable of that that type of compartmentalization. And though there is no uh, one, two, three step remedy for that, part of what I think we have to do is, as we've talked about this theme all along, we cannot simply be folks who know how to think about forgiveness or think all the right things about forgiveness but somehow it has to shift into ourselves in a greater way, almost shift from our heads into our bodies where we become people who practice that and are formed spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. We are formed holistically as people who forgive. So in light of that, (coughs) I wanted to spend some time today um, sort of going through a guided meditation for us to begin doing that very thing to begin trying to um, separate or, or figure out rather where we have separated things into categories within our minds and within our, our bodies and really kind of do some, some mm-hmm. house cleaning, to use that, that metaphor within ourselves, to say, okay, where have we stored some things that we actually need to, to bring to the surface and go, okay, what's, what's here? What did I packed in this box and put in the closet not realizing that that hurt is still very much alive and real and is affecting me and i might need to begin to even just think about releasing releasing that Um, so the title of the of the class today as you may have seen is is about forgiving god forgiving ourselves and forgiving others and so the the practice that we'll do will kind of go through each of those things but but let me say first (coughs) it might feel strange to have the the idea of forgiving god even even there right Aside from any conversations about God's sovereignty or God's character, and we could have all those all those conversations or debates, here's the thing. There are times where we have wanted or perhaps even needed God to respond in a certain way and God has not done so. And that has left us feeling hurt. Now again, aside from any sort of theological argument, we've had those experiences. We've been hurt we have felt at times betrayed or overlooked or forgotten or whatever it may be by God. And so I'm convinced that part of our forgiveness practices have to include that angle. We have to think, what are the ways that I have felt uh, hurt, again, or overlooked or whatever it, whatever it may be. When this particular thing happened, God, I, I didn't see you or I cried out to you to help or to intervene and I, I didn't see where that happened. Even as we have other experiences where we might go, I asked for your intervention and boy, did I see it and, and praise be to God. Yet we still have another time where that wasn't the case. And I'm convinced that we've got to think through, pray through, process through those experiences and open our hands up in the way that we would in extending forgiveness to others to do the same, the same to, to God. Because as we've talked about, forgiveness is is um, demanding that someone pay the debt that they owe us. And that tends to be the way that we think about it, whether it's for others or even for God. We've asked that God respond in a certain way, and we've not seen God do it. What would it look like for it to say, "Okay, God, I, I release you from what I demanded that that you do in that"? So I just I wanted to give that caveat because I know even again the concept of forgiving God might seem strange, um, and for others of us it 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 might. It might not, but I I wanted to mention that. The second part of it is forgiving ourselves. And as we've said all along, uh, forgiveness is not about pretending as if our hurts don't matter. We must, we necessarily must believe that we have dignity and value as human beings in order for us to even begin the process of forgiveness. Because if we don't buy into that, then it doesn't matter if someone harms us. It doesn't matter that we have wounds because we don't have value. So we have to believe I have value, I have dignity, I have worth as an image bearer of God. And therefore when I am harmed, when I'm wounded, it matters. So we have to believe that we have value. Moreover, we have to believe that others, others have value. If they don't, they're not worth receiving our forgiveness. They're not worth our extending grace to. So, a couple of things, again, just to, to remind us to help sort of root, root what, we, what we do here. Um, so, as I said, I'm going to just sort of lead us through just, just some, some guided meditations. I'll give you prompts and ask questions, and you feel free to just engage however you want to. You don't need to, to respond verbally. We might have some time at the end to share if we want to, but there's certainly no pressure. Um, but you just experience this however however you want to. Um, if it feels uh, unsafe or uncomfortable at any point, just take a, take a pause and, and step back for a second, okay? I, don't, I only want this to be um, for you to experience this to whatever extent feels safe and comfortable and worthwhile for you. Lastly, I'll say um, I would not have accepted. We would not have accepted the invitation to teach on a, on a concept like forgiveness, if we didn't believe that God is at work through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Otherwise, we have been given a task. We've been given a commandment to forgive one another, that is impossible, because if the Holy Spirit is not is it not at work among us and empowering us and moving within us, I'm out. <laughs> it's just it's just too much. But I trust that God is moving among us. And I trust that God will move among us today through the Spirit to even to speak to us, to give us a thought, a word, an image. And and to that end, um, a lot of times in spiritual direction when I'm meeting folks and they say, well, I sense this, but I don't know if that's really God. You know what? We never know, okay? So as best as you're able, take that off the table and just notice what you notice. If you have a thought, you, you see an image, you hear a word, you have a sense about something, just sit with it. Okay, rather than spending too much time trying to evaluate, is that really a spirit speaking? Just just sit with it, OK. Um, questions before we, we start? OK. All right, let's just be quiet for a second and just sort of center ourselves, and then I'll begin to just walk us through some, some thoughts and meditations here. <coughs> I'll invite you now to locate yourself in a particular room and it can be any room in which you feel safe so it could be a a room of which you're already familiar maybe one in your house or a childhood home or even a room that you just sort of create now in your mind but picture yourself in a space that feels safe. Just notice what does that room look like what does it feel like Notice where you are located in the room. Are you right in the center? Do you have your back up against the wall? Are you kind of staring at the door in case somebody comes in? Where are you? Just notice that. And as you find yourself located within this safe space, I'll invite you just to form a simple prayer to God, inviting God to move within you to reveal what needs to to be revealed and to give you the power to release what needs to be released. As you conclude your prayer, just invite God to be present with you in that room for a moment, if that feels safe to do so. And as you extend an invitation to God to join you in that space, notice what you see of, of God. What does God look like? What does God feel like? What do you image? And if you feel comfortable and safe enough in that, in that space, I'll invite you just to ask God, God, would you reveal to me any hurts that I'm holding against you? And just notice how God responds. As you become more aware of some of the hurts that you might be holding against God, I encourage you to remember some of the <clears throat> steps that we talked about last week in the processes of forgiveness naming the story, naming the hurt. Would you begin just doing so? Just tell God in full honesty what was it that happened? Put it into words, name your feelings. And if you're able to, name the specific hurt that you experienced. Now turn your attention to God and just ask, God, what does my response need to be here? What are you inviting me to do in the midst of this? After you have heard God's invitation and perhaps you've begun to respond to it, I just invite you to return your attention back to God's own self. And once again, what do you notice about God's face, God's presence with you? How do you feel with God? If in this moment, you feel safe and connected with God, then I'll encourage you to allow God to just remain somewhere close to you within this room, within the room that you're you're imaging yourself in. But if you still might need some distance, then feel free just to ask God, Perhaps give you a little bit of space that you can feel safe <clears throat> enough to continue in this exercise. And notice what it feels like to have God honor your request, whether it is to be close or to give you just a little bit of space. And now begin to turn your attention inward. Think about all the various rooms of your own body, the rooms that make up your own self, Are there doors on those rooms that are currently locked? Are there spaces within you that remain hidden or intentionally kept in the dark? And whether God is right next to you Or just somewhere in the room, would you invite God to speak into and shine light upon all of those rooms within you? As you ask God this question, Lord, what debts am I holding against my own self? And as some of those uh, debts kind of come to the surface of your awareness, invite God to illuminate the effects that this has had on you, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. In what ways have you been impacted? as God continues to just very gently and compassionately shine a light into the rooms and the hallways of your heart and your body, ask God, what are you inviting me to in the midst of this? Now notice that the light that God has been shining within you to help illuminate all that you're holding, uh, just begin to draw some warmth, even from that, that light. Reorient yourself to where you are in the room, where you feel safe, where you feel connected and rooted. And when you feel ready to do so, would you ask God to bring to mind persons who, if they were to walk into the room in which you image yourself now, you might no longer feel safe or you might no longer feel comfortable, you might begin to feel angry, hurt may rise to the surface. Invite God just to bring those people to your mind Or perhaps even just one person. As you think about that person or those persons, invite God to answer this question for you What have I believed to be most true about this person? Or these persons. And as you hold that in mind, notice that God has taken the light. <clears throat> that has been illuminating you bringing clarity about your own self is beginning to cast that light on the person or persons that you have in mind and just begin to notice where are the ways that I've been blinded to what's also true about this human? What are the things I've not seen but now might begin to see as they are illuminated by God's light? Now I invite you to just name in a short prayer what you need from God to be able to have a more clear and full picture of the human who has hurt you and to perhaps walk through the steps of forgiveness. Just name to God what you need. Now notice that the light that once helped to illuminate you and then illuminated those who had harmed you, it's now filling the entire space in which you find yourself. And again, just begin to draw some warmth and strength from that light. And I'll invite you to ask God to fill in the blanks of this prayer. I breathe in blank. I breathe out blank. And as you have a sense of the conclusion of that prayer and filling in those blanks, I'll just invite you to begin breathing deeply, breathing in whatever it is that God longs for you to gather within yourself and breathing out whatever it is that you are being called to release. And just begin to breathe in and breathe out. Oh, God, we are grateful for the ways that you move among us, for the ways that you empower us to see things most clearly, to see ourselves and others and you most clearly. And we ask that we would have the strength and the willingness to continue to breathe into ourselves and our lives all that you have for us and to release all of that which hinders us, keeps us bound to our harm and the one who harmed us. that prevents us living fully into the life that you have for us, prevents us from living fully into the story that you long to write for us. Amen.